Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 13 of The Standoff, your rugby league show. And this week I'm joined, as always, by Brad Inger, but we've got an exceptionally Really good round to talk about this week, Brad. Yeah, good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to our listeners. Um, yeah, some great games to talk about this week, and my first perfect prediction round, so uh, I can't wait to discuss it. Yes, I'm sure that you you can't wait to discuss that. Well done, Bradley. Eight from eight picks this week. The first time that's happened this season for either of us, so yeah. um, not, that certainly is um, a highlight of the week. But um, Brad, we're here, as always, on Facebook on a Wednesday at 8 p.m., but our listeners can also catch us via our podcast. That's correct, yes. You can go to iHeartRadio and search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we'll cover off the top stories of the week. We'll have a look at round 15 and preview of round 16 before we head off with news from the United Kingdom and from the women's game. But um, in saying that, we're coming down to the business end of the regular season now and it's getting really exciting and it's time to see who's going to stand up and be counted for. And at this, this stage, I would still say um, there are 11 teams that are possible of making the eight. But um, we'll crack into our top stories and we'll cover that off a little bit later on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, leading the way this week, again, perhaps as it has on many occasions, uh, is, is the story surrounding the Brisbane Broncos and Anthony Seabold Bradley. Yeah, we're, we're the Broncos podcast right now, um, I feel. But um, yeah, Anthony Seabolt's officially, as of today, stood down as Broncos coach. He was offered a million dollars to leave immediately, which he's taken. Um, I didn't watch a lot of his interview today, but I know he, he's assumed responsibility for where the Broncos are right now and that there was some issues in the dressing room with some of the players and that he wants to spend time with family. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, he'd lost the dressing room quite early on in his uh, tenureship at the Brisbane Broncos and he never really recovered from there, unfortunately. I think that, um, you know, as much as he tried, um, he showed a little bit of compassion there in the sense that he felt that he really did try his best. Um, and unfortunately, his best was poorly miserable on this occasion. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately for Anthony, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time, I, I suppose. But um, I guess if you're walking away with a golden handshake and a million bucks, you'd be pretty happy, Brad. Yeah, I think it's probably best for both parties. I think he needed to move on. Broncos need to move on. So, um, yeah, I think getting a little bit of a payday on the way out 
what he does in this future we don't know i suppose he's not even thinking about that right now um i think kevin walters and paul greens are the, the shoo-ins at the moment for the top job but they haven't really had any discussions i'm sure they're going to want to jump on that pretty soon especially with some of their good players off contract they'll want to um just solidify what they're moving on with and hopefully keep some of those players there mainly katoni stags who's off contract they'll be wanting to make sure he stays on board yeah i think first and foremost they've got to um, you know pick one of these guys um if they are the two favorites they're the names that have been spoken about the most uh, in recent times so yeah paul green or kevin walters um look like like you say the front runners for the job um who they have in the coaching capacity and the assistant ranks etc cetera, etc cetera, is yet to be uh revealed obviously they each have probably their teams that they like to bring on board um but yeah Br brisbane's biggest uh uh, own you know shareholder i guess you could say um he, he's considering offloading his um share of, of of the broncos i'm wondering if that will change now that anthony seabold has left the four and um we're going to get someone else in so look we wish anthony seabold all the best um it's been a torrid time for him and it's never nice uh to see um his name being scrutinized as it has been on social media and throughout uh, the, the australian media um it's 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 pretty disappointing really and you know you've got to feel for the guy yes he's on a hiding to nothing in terms of the rugby league this season um broncos have only won one of their last 13 games since covid restart so yeah unfortunately for him but um look we do wish him all the best yeah definitely um so next we've got we're just confirming proctor got his four weeks for for the bite gate um not really much yeah, more to go on there yeah, I think he got four weeks. I think, you know, um, fair enough result, I suppose. I mean, a genuine bite, they're giving 12 weeks or something. So they, it was sort of a half bite, wasn't it, four weeks? So, you know, um, he has to take it and move on, really. Um, but on a, on a, on a, in staying in relation to the Titans, we have some other news as well, Brad. Yeah, so Justin Holbrook's um, been signed on. His coaching has been extended to the end of 2024, which is a great move for the club. Um, they've also got one of their props, Jamin Joliffe, has re-signed until the end of 2022. So I think there's there's a lot of um, positive things coming out of the Gold Coast for their future. Oh, absolutely. I, I can't, I, I'm excited at the prospect of watching them next year and the year after. Um, they look like they're going to be a, a serious uh, top eight team um, by the looks of things. And um, you'd have to say that, um, you know, you'd be pretty disappointed if they don't um, start making inroads into that. And it'll be interesting to see who wins a competition first, Bradley, whether it be the Gold Coast or the Vodafone Warriors. Um, that would be um, really uh, the last straw, I think, for the Warriors fans if um, we were to not uh, win a championship ahead of the Gold Coast. But potentially with the team that they're bringing there, Fafida, Meninga's there, Talis is there, they're holding on to Holbrook. You know, they got these guys um, that are pretty quick at the back. You know, so they're going to be a threatening team. Um, Fogarty, you know, these, they, you know, they've got some good players there and, and they've got something to build on. Definitely, definitely. And um, speaking of the coaches, one in four coaches being axed this year. We've got Seabolt was our fifth, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a genuine pattern. Um, one in four coaches uh, basically are not lasting a rugby league season in the NRL. That's the latest stats come out uh, in terms of the coaching ranks now. They're talking about perhaps um, having some minimum tenureship. So, um, you know, like how Anthony Seabold, he's uh, basically stepped down with five rounds to go. They're potentially thinking of having, uh, you know, someone that has to stay there for the duration of the season, perhaps, because um, this kind of instability is not really wanted, um, 
you know, in our in the game. So it'll be interesting to see what they do about that. But I think that it'll be very difficult to jurisdict something like that, Brad. Yeah, I think it might be a bit too hard. Um, obviously, Seabolt had such a long contract, uh, unusually long, um, which causes a bit of trouble when you um, see it not working. But in terms of a minimum, I'm not sure if what they can really do because if something's really not working you don't really want to be stuck with someone just because you might get a fine for kicking them out early so um i think golden handshakes are probably still going to be around for ones that just aren't meshing with the team yeah i think so and um look i just hope that um you know in the coming years we have a better caliber of coaches i mean we've had some pretty ordinary results this year from some of the um lower ranked teams particularly on the queensland side of things so um, let, let's look forward to 2021 in that regard and see what happens in the coaching ranks. I think for the rest of this year, we're not going to see any more uh, sackings as such, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. In other news, the Warriors players are taking the finals a little bit more seriously now after beating the um, Canary Bankstown Bulldogs at the weekend. Should they be doing this, Bradley? Do you genuinely think after the last five weeks of what you've seen, um, three wins, two losses by six points to top four sides, how do you see the Warriors over the next five weeks? Um, we'll get we'll talk to the, talk about them a little bit later on. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's still a bit too early to be have the players talking about finals. But the draw's not as bad as I thought it was um, before they got into this run for the last month. Um, I I think just after the Sharks game, I looked at their draw and I, I had one win, which was against the Bulldogs, and they'd, they'd lose all the rest. And they've proven me wrong there. That's right. Yes, you did. So, um, They've proven you well and truly wrong, in fact, Bradley. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if they, they're still there and thereabouts, so they're just all they can do is focus on winning every week. But if we went, go back to round nine, they narrowly lost to the Titans, which they shouldn't have lost. They sh- that should have been a game they got, they won. If they'd won that, they'd be sitting at ninth, one win out of the eight. So it shows that just one little game can make the difference. So well, it's not. Yeah, I guess. I guess when you say it like that, it's not just one little game, though, is it? I mean, if they'd won that and then they'd won the game against the Roosters, okay, they lost by six. They didn't look like winning it. Um, but let's say they had won that, and let's say they had beaten the Panthers. <laughs> okay, maybe they weren't going to ever beat the Panthers, but they only lost by six. So yeah. it's these close games every season that haunt the Warriors, though. If you've noticed, they yeah. tend to lose about four or five games by about 10 or less points, let's say. And that basically, you know, has them placed just on the fringes of the eight or there or thereabouts, season season in and season out, you know. So that's what they've got to look at changing. But um, we can't change those three results. But, yeah, we'll have a look at the draw a little bit later on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and speaking of, um, you know, downward spirals, I guess you could say, the Tigers are just on a miserable run of form over the last two months, which will likely end their season missing out on a top eight finish Maguire is still um somewhat hopeful but yeah uh Brad the Tigers they look like goners in 2020 yeah they're gone they're gone um I know Maguire is or Maguire and Moses Mbai have actually come out and they talked about um for next year there's going to be quite a few talent um removed from the side and they're going to basically do, do their own little mini rebuild and um, I think that's what they need to do. I think they've got talent there. They've just got some people not pulling their weight. So they need to get rid of that excess baggage and focus because they just narrowly missed the top eight last year. It looks like they're going to be around the same. So they haven't really improved. 
um, on that um, spectrum. So they need to make some changes. And yeah, I think personnel changes will be the right way. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's, big, there's uh, talks of Russell Packer sort of not being wanted. Um, Benji Marshall as well. Has he gone past his use by, like, I mean, holding on to the golden boy of the West Tigers just for the sake of it? They might not want to do that going forward. We'll have to just wait and see. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated on what happens with them. But unfortunately, as it stands right now, Tigers missing out on the top eight spot, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've got the Panthers, however, on the other end of the spectrum, going for 10 straight victories. Thank you very much, Ivan Cleary. Thank you very much, Nathan Cleary. There's been some excellent rugby league being played um, by these Penrith Panthers this season, Bradley. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to take a really good team to um, defeat them. But if that Warriors game not that long ago showed, if you um, compete with them, you could sneak out a victory. So they might get pipped at the post by a really good team. Um, if it happens, we'll have to wait and see. You know, potentially the Panthers could go through the rest of the season undefeated. That's the other uh, situation that I guess people um, you know, are not seeing. Because remember, when if you're in that top eight scenario, if you win in the first week, if you're in the top four and you win your first game, you're through to the preliminary round, then you're just one game away from a grand final, correct? You'd only need to play three games in that final series. And, you know, like Penrith's likely to win that first game against whoever it is, whether it would be the Canberra Raiders or whether it be the Newcastle Knights or the Eels or the Roosters uh, or the Storm. They'll probably yeah. win that game um, and then, you know, try and get through to the grand final as quick as they can. But um, we'll have a look at uh, their progress, ladies and gentlemen. They've been absolutely ex outstanding this year. Definitely the team um, that deserves a minor premiership and perhaps even the major one. So uh, uh, we've got a little bit more to talk about uh, before we crack into the round 15. But the crusher tackle debacle, Bradley, this is um, spiraled out of control this week, I think. I mean, my goodness, are we starting to see the soccer Hollywoods come to rugby league? And if they are, should they be penalised for that? I, I, I've got a few interesting viewpoints on this, Brad. Yeah, it's it's a hard one to penalise someone for a Hollywood if we'll see. We'll talk about it a bit later. But Blake Green's ACL injury, if you watch that replay, it looked like nothing went wrong. And he was screaming like he'd lost his leg. Um, so sometimes it might not look bad, but it actually hurts. So that part of it's hard, but there's definitely milking. Um, oh, definitely. And, you know, like, um, on the weekend, uh, you saw a couple of instances where they, um, played, played for the penalty. And then as soon as the penalty was awarded, they, they spat the dummy and they gave it away that they were actually just kidding. Now that, that you got to bring a bit of sportsmanship to the sport, I would have thought, you know, and, uh, I think that that's terrible, to be honest with you. Like, you know, you wouldn't say and it's not going to happen by it's not going to happen from everyone. Uh, Michael Ennis was on the television saying, oh, he'd do it. Well, oh, there's no doubt about that, is that, Michael? Of course you would. You're a yeah. grub of a player in your time. I mean, my God, you're the most angriest, feistiest number nine New South Wales probably ever seen. Once you penalise, wouldn't be too far behind. But hey, um, yeah, so I think that the crusher tackle scenario, it really has to be looked at because. You know, if, if there's genuine concern of an injury, yes, um, there should be repercussions. But um, if they're just faking it, well, then, hey, look, um, that's that's also just taking a, a bit of a tarnish off the game for mine. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of people talking about players voluntarily backing into the tackle, which we do see. But there's actually another part of that where I don't want to blame the Storm because the Storm kind of invented it. But the wrestle, when they've got a, a, a ball the grapple type. Yeah, the grapple, what they're doing when they get a, a ball player, they're actually twisting them 
to get them on their back because if you're on your back it takes you longer to play the ball so it slows the game down so there's a lot of times when a guy's running front on and he's getting turned backwards by the defenders not all the time it's a Mm. bit of a mix but um if you're getting wrestled to your back and then going down it can happen there as well but yeah they need to do something to address the milking otherwise i think nathan brown is the biggest example he went down on a crusher tackle like he'd broken his neck and as soon as he got the the penalty he was up and he did the first hit up it was like nothing had ever happened i guess the referees are i guess the referees are actually penalizing the tackle not the not the actual um I guess injury as such. They they've yeah. got it in their mind what they have to penalize on and they're sort of, okay, we've seen something that we don't like, we'll penalize it. But it's that it's that that knee-jerk reaction from the players, um, you know, that that sort of influences the referee's decision making process. So that's what I'm concerned about. So let's see what happens in the coming weeks because that could impact on one of the teams heavily. I mean, just imagine that if a grapple t- uh, if a crusher tackle costs you two points, 30 meters out right in front, grand final day, 79 minutes gone, you're 40 in all. Man, would you be happy? I don't think so. Yeah, I think you'd be pretty, pretty disappointed if you got a call that was a bad one. Um, and and even if you got a call where, let's say, he faked it, well, that would be. I I think that you know the fans, um, you know, because the fans, a lot of the fans have already spoken about this. They don't like it. So let's see how they address that situation. I think right now we'll yeah. crack into round fifteen, Bradley. Yeah. So round fifteen started off with the Eels defeating the Storm fourteen nil. So this was our only difference in our picks, and I, I was lucky on this one. Um, I, I was hoping the Eels would win, but I didn't think the Storm wouldn't score a point. It's actually the first time in six years they've been held scoreless. Well, that's some record, to be honest. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, to give you an understanding, to go scoreless, uh, to, to keep a team scoreless in rugby league um, in the modern era with the way that the game is played, that is some feat. So, yeah, I mean, to keep Melbourne scoreless, uh, shock shock result for mine to be honest at the weekend i i definitely thought the storm would um you know uh take this one out um and 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 even without the their heavy artillery uh at, available at the melbourne storm and the likes of smith and obviously um munster the, the, i thought that they were going to still win um however they you know they they the eels show that they really um are a premiership contender uh they've been a bit quiet i guess through this middle part of the last half of the season if that makes sense they came out yeah. with a hiss and a roar, of course, or something like five to six wins at the start, remember, after the COVID break. So, um, you know, they're, they're looking to re-spark their attack, and they've worked on their defence, as you can see from their victory against the Melbourne Storms. They're going to be a threat. They're going to be there, thereabouts. They're going to make a push for it. They're going to be one of the teams that say, hey, look, we can win this. So um, they've got some supreme athletes over there as well. Hey, how about that junior Paulo Bradley? Yeah, um, he's quite quite a skillful player for a, a man his size. Um it's it's scary some of these big boys what they can do now um you think it wasn't that long ago where it was just jason tomololo was the only big boy that had a bit of skill to him but now it seems like every team's got one or two um big boppers that can do more than just be a tank in the middle so yeah, these um, like free playing free ranging front rowers that are just evolving the game even further yeah and um brandon smith unfortunately um brokers jordan's going to be out for four to six weeks I actually saw yeah, quite a funny, it. funny picture that he put out on um, social media after the game, where it showed the tackle where he broke his jaw, and he advised everyone he was going to be out four to six weeks for biting the guy's arm. So he had a bit <laughs> of humor. He had a bit of humor in um, an unfortunate scenario for him, but I'm sure um, 
they'll be welcoming him back once they head into playoffs. Yes, and obviously his partner in crime in the hooking position there at the Melbourne Storm, Cameron Smith, he's tipped to either play a last season in Queensland or retire. Uh, they're not picking that he will um, be at the Melbourne Storm next year. Um, personally, I'd like to see him at the Titans. I think that, you know, to finish off his playing career, a year at the Titans would be fantastic. Um, really strengthen their team. But um, Bradley, what do you think he'll do? Yeah, I actually read an interview with Justin Holbrook today where he said that um, Cameron Smith isn't in his game plan. So he, right. he's not he's not fussed on having him. He's not a player you'd say no to, though if you're if he's interested in playing for you, he's gonna be in your team. But I don't know if that means that Broncos are gonna be favourites here. I know he's he'd always envisioned going back to Brisbane in some capacity at some point. Um then do you want to go back to a Brisbane that's been absolutely pummeled in twenty twenty and basically next year I guess would be a rebuilding kind of year. I guess, you know, he might like to be part of it and he might win a championship with them in, in his last year. I mean, that would be hell of a story. So maybe he's thinking along those lines, Bradley. Yeah, we just don't know. Um, I think they said that his decision is going to be on Sunday on what he's actually going to do. So I guess we just have to wait and see. But it doesn't sound like he's interested in retiring anytime soon. So, um, yeah, well, I think it's the same Best of luck to him, and we'll keep you updated as to what he um, intends to do, ladies and gentlemen. On Friday night, we also had the Panthers versus the Sharks in what turned out to be a hiding with a Sean Johnson-less Sharks outfit, 38 points to 12 um, at Panthers Stadium. Somewhat of a hiding. The Panthers go 10-0. and 0. Um, At the moment, they've got a great environment. They're super confident, and they're just playing some amazing football. Yeah, I think it's definitely there, theirs to lose right now. I don't... Um, I think they you'd be safe putting money on them to go all the way. Um, the Sharks really missed Johnson, who was away because he just had his baby girl. Um, so that's why he missed the game. Um, so congratulations on the baby. Wish he told me a bit sooner because he was in my fantasy team, so he cost me some points. But, um, yeah, I think, I think if he was there, I think it would have been a bit more competitive. But I still think the Panthers would have got away with the win. Yeah, I think so. I think that Sean is as good as he has been in recent weeks. And, you know, he's topping the charts in terms of dry assists. I think that you're right. Um, this um, particular uh, Panthers outfit would have, you know, at the moment, it's 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 unimaginable for any team to beat them, I suppose. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see when we get closer to the final series to see if um, who can sort of, um, you know, get under their skin and, and, and actually have a competitive game with them besides that Warriors game with them a couple of weeks ago they've looked pretty strong in recent weeks but um look uh and a, a solid performance on their behalf Sharks bit of work to do uh their problem is solely around their defense obviously that's their um has been their Achilles heel I guess you could say for the for the duration of this season so they've got a few things to work on defensively and let's hope that they can get it right and Sean Johnson's back but um obviously we don't want them to uh, you know, surpass the Warriors, which they are ahead at the moment. So let's have a look at their run home. They've got the Cowboys, Knights, the Warriors, the Roosters, and they finish off the Raiders, Bradley. How do you how do you see that run home? What games do you see the Sharks being able to win out of those five? If we just go by how they've been, where they beat everyone below them, they lose to everyone above them, um, you would say they should be beating the Cowboys and the Warriors, but they should lose the other three. I think the Warriors can get the job done. So potentially they could even lose four, but then the Knights are in a bit of a disarray. So I'd say maybe out of their last run, they might get two. Okay, two so let's see. 
So they, they, yeah, they might get two wins and three would be a, a pretty fair, a good result for them. I think three would bank yeah. them a a, um, a finals berth um, come next month, late next month. So, yeah, I I, um, I think that that um, we'll have to keep an eye on the Sharks. We'll come to the ladder a little bit later on and just see how that all plays out. Uh, we'll move to Friday night's fixtures now, ladies and gentlemen. On Friday night, we had the Brisbane Broncos, who the much talked about Broncos, unfortunately going down. Another loss for them, their 13th. Uh, their 12th loss in the last 13 weeks, and they were beating 28 points to 24 from a um, up-and-coming Dragons outfit, Brad. Yeah, I thought this game was going to be probably the only game left this year that the Broncos might have been able to squeak a victory in, but the Dragons just, um, they just looked a lot better. They've gone four from five wins with Ben Hunt at nine, so um, hopefully they they decide to keep him there, which is where he's probably been in his best position in any team he plays for. So um, Zach Lomax has been consistent. Katoni Staggs was really the only highlight for the Broncos. He scored a magnificent try, uh, probably try of the round. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a fantastic try. And, uh, you know, the celebrations um, thereafter, yeah, they, they were playing some good football in that game. Um, but unfortunately, it slipped away from them and they uh, eventually loses uh, by four points. Uh, look, I, it's just, you know, they just need some wins, I think, you know, to sort of, be happy uh, about themselves really more than anything, the Brisbane Broncos. And uh, I think that the, the players' uh, confidence levels are at an all-time low. So, look, uh, wishing them all the best. But, um, yeah, Cowboys run home. This is an interesting one for us Warriors supporters because the Cowboys are a team that is above Dragons. us at the moment. Dragons. Oh, sorry, the, sorry, the Dragons are a team above us um, in, in, the, in the for and against situation at the moment. And um, if we touch and go as to whether they um, pip us at the post, Brad, and, you know, they've got the Titans... Cowboys, Raiders, Knights, and the Storm. So which five, which games out of those five do you think the Dragons could potentially win? Uh, Titans, Cowboys. Okay, so they could potentially come away with uh, two victories there. Um, firm losers against the Raiders, Knights, and the Storm. You know, yeah. they're a kind of team that could upset one of those. Um, they've had some sort of upsetting kind of victories this year, I believe. But I think their first victory um, at the start of the year was uh, an upset. So we've got the Titans and Cowboys. So, yeah, potentially we only see them having as well four to six points on their run home, maximum of six and perhaps a minimum of four. I have booked, I have banked on the Titans beating them this weekend, though. I think the Titans are playing some really good rugby league. And, um, yeah, I reckon that they can, um, hopefully they can knock off the Dragons because I need the I need the points um, in the second <laughs> contest. <laughs> And it would help the Warriors out too. So absolutely. And then, um, so our first game on Saturday was actually the Titans losing to the Raiders, thirty-six to sixteen. Um, I think the highlight for everybody in this game was um, Papali running sixty meters to catch Fogarty. Um, I think it's something that we're going to see in highlight reels for a while, and probably something the the fast little halfback isn't going to let. Um, get he he won't forget it in a long time i know he's been getting a lot of stick from the boys in the club so um yeah great to see papali playing really well for the raiders i know ricky stewart's been talking about extending his contract to make sure he stays with the raiders until he retires so what were your thoughts on the game yeah i thought it was a um, solid performance from the raiders and it was a it was a hell of a um catch i guess you could say from papali you know 60 meter run uh, you know we've got ricky stewart coming out and saying you know he's perhaps one of the best Raiders there ever has been. So uh, that's a huge accolade from, um, you know, Ricky. Ricky's a very well-respected coach in the NRL. 
And um, he was obviously a hell of a player back in his playing days at the Canberra Raiders. So um, a really, really uh, big rap there for Pali. And, you know, he could be another, um, you know, a life member such as Taumalolo up there. You know, they might offer him a, a six, seven, eight, nine-year contract. Who knows? And um, he could look at um, seeing out his playing days in Canberra. Wouldn't be a bad move. They're a pretty good club and a club that certainly, I would say, has premiership aspirations in the in the not-too-distant future as well. Last year, grand finalists, of course, ladies and gentlemen. So they are... Um, uh, you know, they're always there or thereabouts in recent times. And, you know, and in terms of this season, you know, they, they've cemented, I guess you could say, a top five spot. But do you think they can break through to the top four, Brad? Because I really think that it could be crucial for them to be in the four come finals time. Yeah, I think I think a lot of teams don't want fourth. That They won't say it, but because the way the playoffs are run, first place fourth in that first round. So I think a lot of teams don't want to play the Panthers first up. Um, doesn't mean they're going to try to lose a game to stay fifth or or try mm. to push up to third, but fourth place seems to be a really daunting spot at the moment. Um, you do get a, a another life, so to speak. So if you lose to the Panthers, you still get another shot. But as you said earlier, it, you get an extra game in the playoffs and it makes your road a little bit tougher. So, um, yeah, I don't know if they'll get up to fourth, but... Yeah, I think the top four is pretty well cemented anyway. With um, you know, the Panthers, Storm, Eels, and the Panthers, Storm, Eels, and who is making up the top four there? The Roosters, of course. Of course, we're just going to talk about them. Um, so on Saturday, we on Saturday we have the West Tigers versus the Roosters, um, and that was another somewhat of a one-sided affair. Thirty-eight points to sixteen, uh, and this was the Tigers' uh, beginning of the end, so to speak, Brad. Yeah, I know we mentioned it earlier that Maguire still believes they can make the the eight, but I think he's dreaming. I, I don't see it. Um, they they can't defend, which you need to do right now. That's one of the biggest changes for the Warriors in game we'll talk about in a bit. But one of their biggest changes in the last month has been their ability to defend. And if you can't defend, you're not going to beat these teams coming up. So, yeah, I don't – they might stick around at ninth, but they could even go down further depending on how some of those other teams go. Yeah, and they're leaking a lot of points, I guess you could say. Like, I mean, 38 points against um, the Roosters. They're, they've been on the end of a, a few high-scoring affairs this season. Uh, but, you know, um, they can still make the eight potentially, so let's see what happens with them. Uh, on, yeah. on, the, on the flip side for the Roosters, the Wairia Hargraves and Takiyaho, too strong up front, I think. They just beat them up the middle and uh, allowed their backs to take care of business, really. And they were running rampant at one stage. So um, quite a comprehensive victory um, uh, from the Roosters um, against the um, Western Suburbs. Uh, sorry, against the West Tigers there. So, yeah, Tigers um, run home um, for their opportunity to make the playoffs. They've got the Panthers, Seagulls, Rabbitohs, Storm and Eels. Now, I'll start with this one, Bradley. I think that they could potentially beat Sea Eagles. And that's pretty much it i think that they would struggle to beat any of the other teams that's a very tough run home um, yeah. we've got rabbitohs storm eels and the panthers so what have we got there we've got two top four sides and two top eight sides so that's going to be very very um tough and um good news for our warriors supporters however it gives us a little bit of um a bit of perspective in trying to knock them off uh the ladder yeah. and and, and uh, running for that eighth spot yeah, definitely. And the Roosters are going to start being hard to beat. They've got some big names coming back. Sonny Bill's still lurking in the in the dark corners of the stadium. And um, they'll, it wouldn't surprise me if you see a, a Panthers-Roosters final with the way they're going. 
but also Mitchell Orbison's announced that he's retiring at the end of the season. So that's a little bit more incentive for the Roosters to try to make that three-peat uh, to send him out on a high. Yes, that would be a fantastic way to end what has been an illustrious career at the Sydney Roosters for Mitch Orbison. Um, on, on moving on to Saturday's other fixtures, Brad, we had the Rabbitohs up against the Sea Eagles and what was a trouncing, another hiding, 56 points to 16. Just after last week, I was saying any team could beat any other team. This week, um, there's been a few hidings. So making me look stupid, really, Bradley. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a near-perfect first half for the Rabbitohs. They, they ended the half 38-0 and... It just it just looked horrible. Um, you could see Seagulls are struggling without Tom Trebojevic. And I think as a, a Seagulls fan, you'll be a bit concerned that your team's form changes with just one player gone. We look, we've been talking about Melbourne, how they've lost some key players, and they still play bar this week pretty well. Um, you've got Newcastle, who have been battling, losing everybody. Um, so the fact that you lose Tom Trebojevic is a fantastic player, but... You can't just lose one player and your whole team fall apart. They, oh, they there's something else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's something else definitely. I don't know. There's some sort of mental glitch at the Sea Eagles. Uh, you know, no one, I don't think any, even the players can put their um, finger on it there. But, you know, whilst they have got some injuries, they've still got some talent out there on the park and they're just unable to click um, without Tom. You know, like uh, he just seems to be the glue that holds them together, I, I guess you could say. And, you know, conceding 40 points for the third time this season, that's some pretty um, heavy defeats there. Uh, uh, but, you know, in saying that, their foreign against is not too bad, which we'll have a look at compared to some of the teams that are, you know, going for that eighth spot, you know, and and, and that's still um, surprising con considering they've conceded that many points on that many occasions. But um, Yeah, and I think... I think going off the Seagulls, go back to the Rabbitohs for a bit. I think Latrell Mitchell had a great game. He had 23 line break assists, 14 try assists this year, and he's really finding his way as a fullback. Um, I know I had doubts when he announced that he wanted to be a fullback. I thought he was quite a good center, but he's really getting into it, and um, I think it's there's probably no better coach to help him develop as a fullback than Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett is quite a, a people's coach or a player's coach as such. And um, he seems to be getting a lot of good out of him. And I think there's a little bit of pressure taken off him for that because there was a lot of pressure on him at the start of the season. And um, people are kind of leaving him alone a bit now. And I think we're seeing him play a lot better because of it. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I'm, to have uh, Bennett there as a mentor for him will be um, will do him wonders, and I think that he'll learn a lot from Wayne. Um, another gentleman who had the fantastic game at the weekend, Damien Cook, just running rampant up the middle. Um, he monstered them. He just took them apart. Um, Cook, Walker, and Reynolds had, uh, you know, they're a deadly combination. They had a fantastic uh, game out on the weekend, and they're starting to really um, look like premiership contenders again. Uh, we spoke about them earlier in the season. They sort of, you know, um, had a had, had a pretty lean patch in the middle where they still um, came away with some victories but weren't looking like, you know, premiership contenders. Um, that game on the weekend sort of suggests that they're sort of, um, you know, going for it more so than ever. Uh, and they look like they're going to be there or thereabouts as well, Brad, come finals time. Yeah, I think in the next couple of weeks, they've got, we've got their run home. They've got the Eels, the Storm, the Tigers, the Bulldogs, and then the Roosters. So I think the next two weeks, you're really going to see if they are a premiership threat or not and judging how they go against the Eels and the Storm. 
Yes, they'll, they'll be a good contest this weekend coming up. Um, the Rabbitohs with the Eels, I believe that's on Thursday. So that will be a cracker of a game to see, ladies and gentlemen. I think that, um, you know, you definitely want to tune in for that one. Um, yes, like you say, Storm Tigers, Bulldogs, Roosters. You'd expect them to probably take the Tigers and the Bulldogs out. And again, the Storm and the Roosters, well, you know, that will be um, a challenge. Those three teams, I mean, but those three teams, they will think if they can beat one or two of those three even and get themselves into the top six, they would think that they can win it, I would suggest. So um, on the flip side for the Sea Eagles, they've got the Storm, the Tigers, the Bulldogs, Titans, and the Warriors. Now, obviously, we want them to lose that last one against us, but um, I would also hope that the Bulldogs can get up and beat them, which is probably unlikely. But the Titans could um, upset them as well. So, yeah. yeah I, I think the Bulldogs is really the only... It's not you can't. It's, it's unfair to say the safe option, but I think it's really the only one you could really pencil in and say this is a win for the for the Seals. Oh, it all depends. I don't know. I, don't, I think I'd have to. I mean, after up. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going to disagree on that a little bit there because I think that you know if you saw the Bulldogs on the game against the Warriors, um, now that they're sort of trying to dust off the Dean Pate era, you know they're coming back a little bit stronger, and they might be not not be the easy beats for the last five rounds that everyone thinks they will be. They might be few wins in these guys um, because, you know, they're playing for contracts in the next year and so forth. And like foreigners, obviously, he's off contract, so he he wants to be somewhere. And so I don't know about that, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. And then that takes us, speaking of the Bulldogs, that takes us to the first game on Sunday, which was the Warriors defeating the Bulldogs 20-14. to 14. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, the dogs look like the best they have in probably three to four seasons, to be fair. Um, that was um, yeah, some scary football early on. It looked like the Warriors were going to get quickly pushed out of it. Um, and it, it was it was quite scary, I guess, for us Warriors supporters watching that. And and you know what? You know the feeling I'm talking about when you have a Bulldogs team that's in last place and you think, uh-oh, they've quickly slapped 10 points across your face. You think, okay, here we go. Um, it could be a day to forget. But Nick Arima probably having his best game uh, in the Warriors jersey, putting on three try assists. And a come from behind victory. Um, I think, yeah, him and Murchie were strong. And um, Brad, do you think, you know, after this, you know, Peyton's saying it's suicidal to think finals football. The players are saying, hey, look, we can make it. Um, we'll have a look at their run home. They've got the Knights, Eels, Sharks, Raiders, and Sea Eagles. So um, I would say they need to win four, if not five games to make it because it, as it stands right now, they're, I think, six points adrift from the eight. And so, really, we need any team that's in eighth position to lose. And for the Warriors, their four and against is not good. So, being on the same amount of competition points come the last round of the season is not going to be in their favour, you would say. They're not going to gain back that much. So, they'd have to be winning all their games going forward. And, I mean, I, I just see the Eels, obviously, and the Raiders being the tougher games. But I, I do see them being able to compete against the likes of the Knights, the Eels, and, uh, the Knights, the Sharks, and the Sea Eagles. I really do. Yeah, yeah I think the the only option they have is to win. They they just have to turn up, win the games, and move on. That's um, We don't want to get into calculations and stuff because once we get into that, that's the rabbit hole where the Warriors always trip up when they're like, we only need to win one out of ten or whatever. But, yeah, I think the Eels and the Raiders are the – the Jadabar games for them that could trip them up. But Knights, Sharks, Eagles are ones I see them being competitive and at least a lot better than the last time they played the Sharks. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens against the Knights because that's probably a well, 
you know, and, and even and even an even enough contest. I, I think you could say for um, the weekend. Uh, you know, I think I st- obviously the Knights are still huge favourites, odds-on favourites, um, probably in the booking and with the bookies. But yeah, I, I think that um, it will be a very tight game, and I think the Warriors can come away with it. But we have a look at our picks in a second. We'll cover off the last game of the round, and that was the Knights versus the Cowboys. Surprising, um, baffling kind of game, really. Twelve points to nil. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a physical game, but just had no rhythm. Yeah, I I don't like saying it. It, it felt like a boring game to me it wasn't but it just felt like there was a lot of nothing happening uh but that's due to how physical it was and both teams really not wanting to take a back step and let the other team in and the the knights unfortunately losing blake green um early on did them no favors um i know a lot of people have said that he might not come back but they've actually announced today that he signed a one-year deal with the bulldogs for next year and oh, um okay interesting it's um yeah not that long ago announced and the bulldogs are sticking with it because they had signed the deal before the injury but they said no they're sticking with it and he's vowed to come back stronger and, and help them out so hopefully he comes back it's at his age at 33 with an acl it's hard to say um, but I think he's still going to definitely be involved in the NRL, even if he does get through that year with the Bulldogs. I see him as a, as an, even an assistant coach going down. He's been with every club you can imagine. So what team he ends up with, I'm not sure. But it'll be yeah. I I, I wish him nothing but the best. I, mean, I hope he bounces back. Yeah, he had a um, pretty you know pretty rough time of it over here. Obviously, earlier on in the season, getting uh, left out of next year's squad the way that it happened and the controversy surrounding that. So, look, uh, we definitely do wish Black Green all the best. Um, and if he's going to the Bulldogs, well, that may um, put writing on the wall for someone like Kieran Foran because they're both playing in the number six jersey currently, and I don't think they have any aspirations of moving Foran to halfback. So, Foran may be looking for a new club, and maybe they'll do a bit of a switcheroo, and Foran will go to the Newcastle Knights. Who knows, ladies and gentlemen? It's a funny world in the rugby league um, stakes, and you know you could be a member of one team one one week and a member of another the next. So, um, but look, we'll have a look at the Knights' run home. They've got the Warriors, of course, um, the Sharks, Roosters, Dragons, and Titans. And with their injury concerns now, um, you know, like if we have a look at um, you know Jaden Brayley, Andrew McCulloch, Connor Watson, and now Blake Green. Um, all out of the side um, with injuries. They've had a horrid time this season with um, season-ending injuries as well. And, you know, they're going to be, um, you know, it's going to be tough for them to to win all of those games. There's no there's no Bulldogs um, there, obviously, having just, you know, um, uh, recently uh, played them. So it's going to be tough for them to, to, to maintain their position. And, you know, they, they could slip out. Yeah, they could. They actually could run the risk of um, getting squeaked out of the top eight or just making it if they don't get some wins on board. They're, obviously, they'll be targeting the game this week against the Warriors, the game against the Dragons, and the game against the Titans as ones that they should walk away with points. Um, it's just if they've got enough cattle to do it, will be will be the biggest question. Absolutely, and we'll have a look at that. Uh, on, on, on in terms of the Cowboys, yeah, they're just waiting for next season. Look, Jason Talman, an, an unfortunate calf injury for the big fella. Um, so yeah, we hope he, we wish him a speedy recovery and hope he gets back on the playing field sooner rather than later. But right now, we'll have a look at uh, um, the the table and see where the teams stand after round fifteen. And 
look, we've got five rounds to go, ladies and gentlemen. It's becoming an exciting time in the NRL season. And at the top of the table, we have the Panthers, Storm, Eels, and Roosters making up the top four, followed by the Raiders, Knights, Rabbitohs, and Sharks. Brad, um, out of the top eight, who do you see as top four and staying in the top four um, until round 20 ends? I think it's going to be how we see it there, Panthers, Storm, Eels, and Roosters. There might be a little bit of switcheroos between those uh, second, third, and fourth teams. You could potentially see the Roosters go go up a little bit or the Eels go up. I think Panthers have got it well and truly in the bag as minor premiers unless the wheels completely fall off. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really – I don't see the Raiders sneaking up. They they could, but I think the Roosters, Eels, and Storm – are playing reasonable football bar the hiccup for the storm. Um, they've got Cameron Smith in that back this week, so they should be back onto the right track. So, yeah, I think the four you see is the four that will be. It just might be a little bit different order. Excellent. Well, I mean, it's obviously the bottom half of the top eight is the uh, what we're concerned about, and uh, it's the Raiders, Knights, Arabidos, and the Sharks. Obviously, we've got the West Tigers. Uh, we're thinking that their season is over. We've had a look at what the Dragons run home is. looks very difficult. The Sea Eagles, probably one of the toughest out of those. And then, obviously, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, and the Sharks. Now, I think realistically, for Warriors team to get into the top eight, you'd have to have two of those teams there drop out of the top eight almost. And I know it sounds uh, a pretty weird thing to say, but I just think that they have to get in there comfortably by a point. You see, that they, they can't have the same points as um, other competition teams because at a negative 131 they're yeah. simply not going to be able to um, be equal eight they'd have to hit that seventh spot and therefore they need two of those teams to move um, so obviously e everyone below the Warriors is now officially out of the race to so the Titans Cowboys Broncos and Bulldogs and um, even out of these four though I'll ask you this Brad out of the West Tigers Dragons Sea Eagles and the Warriors okay we are in 12th spot, but I, I want to ask you, out of those four teams, who do you think can make the top eight out of those four? Out of those four, at the moment with form, I would say the Warriors and Dragons are the only ones that have a whiff. Um, yeah, I think the Warriors have been playing good football the last month. Even with those two losses, they've been close. And I think the thing that is in their favour is who they're playing. Admittedly, they've got some hard games, but they're playing the Raiders, the Knights, and the Sharks. In these upcoming weeks so if you can get wins against them you're getting some points and the guys above you are not getting the points so you can make that gap a little bit less it's not like the warriors are playing all the bottom teams so the guys above them can keep winning so i think that's it's just they've got to go in and win every game and hopefully reel it back yeah that elusive one point that the knights grabbed over the panthers back in round one pre-covid that could prove the difference this season uh, for the Warriors, couldn't it? Because um, they could just sneak in there and that would be um, tragedy. But anyway, um, let's move on from that and we'll have a look at our round 15 picks. Uh, but before that, do we have any viewer questions today, Paul? Yep, we've got a couple of uh, questions here from over on Brad's, uh, Brad's, Ramble, uh, Brad's Rambles uh, the, uh, page. We've got TK asking... Um, is there any hope we can sign uh, Henrington? Harrington, sorry. Um, I think there might be. There's been talks that the Panthers are looking at trying to um, make some cap room. And Hetherington's on 400 a year with them, which is unbelievable for a guy that can't make 
um, the game days to be getting that much. So they could potentially see quite a decent chunk of change freed up if they let him go. And I know the Warriors would probably pick him up in a heartbeat. I'd love him to come here. It's just a wait and see on what the Panthers want to do with his contract. But yeah, I'm an optimist. I'd say, yeah, I want him. I think it'd be a great fit, definitely. Um, he, he gets along with the, the the current setup. He he's quite physical. He's we need someone like him actually. I think that you know one of the things that the Warriors have been lacking is a Kevin Campion type player. You know, or, you know, someone with a bit of gusto. You know, like uh, at times I feel that we're quite a bit. Uh, you know, a, a good a good boy team if that makes sense. So yeah, he's he's exactly what we need. And I hope we can get him. It'd be great. Jordan asks, who are your Dally M potentials uh, winners so far? And his arc, uh, Jordan's also gone on to elaborate mine, are Cleary, Manu and Ponga. I don't know where he's getting Manu and Ponga from. I think Cleary is out there on his own. And, and if it's not Cleary, well, there's some other contenders I would suggest that are more closer to um, him than Manu and Ponga. Fred? Yeah, I think I think it's Cleary's to lose, a bit like the Panthers in the Premiership, really. Uh, I think he's a bit too far ahead and his closest competitors have been been gone for the last couple of weeks so he's getting a bit of a leapfrog on them with um harry grant was probably his closest and he's been gone what three four weeks now and Kerry so, from the roosters Kerry as well he's out so i think and cameron, yeah, smith, I think of it, course. And cameron smith yeah so i think cleary's probably got it in the bag yeah um, so. we were talking about crusher tackles do we need to go back to two refs then to sort it out um god, not, god we no god no <laughs> No, 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 no. We've got enough cameras. We've got enough technology. We've got enough gentlemen in the bunker. One upstairs. The crowd are there. We don't need any more referees on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. I just think, yeah, I think the refs just need to um, probably a bit harsh, but grow a bit of a backbone and not be so reactive to a player's reaction. Um, just take a, a moment. Take a moment to actually assess was it an, an actual crusher or was it a milk and then then go on. I think it's still early days for them. I think, as we were talking earlier, if it's if you get to a moment where it's like a big game moment and someone does it and it all blows up, they'll definitely make a rule to, to fix it. Definitely. Cool. Uh, finally, um, Jordan again, um, are the younger grades or feeder clubs for all NRL teams able to play this year? Do you know? Do you know what's going on at that? No. None of them no. are able to play none of them are able to play, which is probably why there's been so many injuries when these new guys get brought in because they haven't played football for months. Um, I think Paul Turner, we didn't mention him in the Warriors game. He had a good outing, but he hasn't played football since the nines. So um, some of those players, yeah, they're just sitting there. They're doing the training every week, obviously, but it's not the same as being out on the field. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate that they're, they're not playing, but them's the breaks with COVID right now. Yeah, we've cool. got to have that talent back next season. I think, um, you know, you know, we want to see that talent coming through. And, you know, we also want to see a little bit more depth in the squad. So it'll be interesting next season um, when they're able to play, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'll hand you back for round uh, 16, is it? Yeah. Yes, round 16. Um, and obviously we have to make some picks here, Brad. So um, we'll just jump into that okay so on round 16 we've got on thursday night we've got the eels versus the rabbitos um brad who are you going with this one uh, i'm going with the eels 
It's only because they won last week against Storm. Now you think that they're all hot. They're my team now. Yeah, they're my team. Oh. I'm going with them. Oh, so you're saying you're going you're, for the record? You're saying the Eels will win the Premiership? No, no. Oh, okay. So they're one of your teams then. They're my team this week. They're your team this week. Okay, cool. Hey, look. Um, I think I'd have to tend to agree. I think the Eels are, are hot favourites. Um for that one um but hey look the way the Rambos have been playing it'll be a hell of a game i think it'll be exciting to watch so i'm going to tune in um it's dollar 44 playing 280 which is surprising but um yeah let's see what happens with latrell playing the way that he is um you know anything can happen on friday night we've got the dragons up against the titans dragons paying a dollar 31 to the titans 350 and i'm backing them home um from the from the gold coast you you're going with titans i'm going to back the titans in yes i think that right. um they've got a They've got another win left in them this season and, you know, the Dragons out, but yeah, they've been playing better, but we also need them to lose um, so we can overtake them yeah. um, and better this week than next. Uh, but I, I, I'm going purely on the fact that, look, they had a bit of a blip against uh, the Raiders at the weekend, but generally they've been playing some good football and, um, yeah, just like to see them win another game, really. But I, I know it's probably a Hail Mary call, but I'll back them in. You're Maybe optimist. you should make a Hail Mary call or two because you're pretty conservative there if you called. Going to uh, go for another uh, eight from eight. Yeah, I'm going for 100. percent So I'm going with the Dragons. Fantastic. Okay. And then uh, the next Friday game is the Roosters paying a dollar forty against the Broncos, paying eleven dollars. So I think you're going with the Broncos, aren't you? Uh, absolutely not. I think um, <laughs> you'd have to pay me to go for the Broncos at the moment. Um, unfortunately, so they're just unfortunately this is dollar four. The odds are heavily stacked against the Broncos for this one. Um, it's at the SCG. There's really no hope in their life that they're going to win this one. Um, no. You could have thought if it was at Suncorp, a few few crowd members, but this has just got death trap written all over it. I, I, I'll be surprised if they don't get 20 to 30 points slapped on them, if not more. So, yeah, bank, bank me in for the Roosters. Roosters. Okay. On Saturday, yeah. We've, yeah, on Saturday, we've got the Warriors. Versus the Knights, um, Warriors are paying two ninety five, and the Knights going in at favourites at a dollar forty. Um, they are playing at Tamworth, which was the um, temporary home of the Vodafone Warriors uh, during the whole COVID situation. So, who are you picking, Brad? I'm going with the Warriors on this one. Um, I think the Warriors are showing some good form, and I think losing another member of the spine might be a bit too much for the Knights. For the Knights, yeah. Yeah, look, I think um, that injury has sort of prompted me to make a decision that the Warriors have got a chance of, um, you know, going forward because um, if they can beat the Knights, it gives them a little bit of a run on into the finals, uh, final four weeks of the competition. A little bit of momentum can be built. So, you know, it will be good to come away with a solid victory against them. So I'll bank them in. Um, on Saturday, we've got the Sharks versus the Cowboys. I've got the Sharks running away with this one. Um, the Cowboys obviously just looking forward to 2021 now. Yeah, same here. Cool. We've got Saturday night, the Panthers versus the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers are hiding to nothing. I don't see this Tigers outfit being able to uh, beat this particular Panthers side. I just, yeah, there's just no hope, yeah. unfortunately. Um, Sunday's fixtures, we've got the Storm versus Sea Eagles. Um, they'll be interesting enough, um, you know, but the Sea Eagles, still without Tommy Trevojevic, would expect to lose um, quite handsomely, I would have thought, Brad. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it might be a bad night for Manly. And we end up with um, another uh, potentially dead rubber of a game, which are the Raiders and the Bulldogs on Sunday. And I'll back in the Raiders for this one. And you are backing in the Bulldogs, aren't you, Brad? <laughs> no, I'll go with the Raiders. I, 
Bulldog, I still think the Bulldogs have a win in them this year. Um, but yeah, it won't be. It won't be against the Raiders. Excellent. So we're again one game adrift this week, ladies and gentlemen. And Brad has been on the successful end of winning most rounds this season. And as it stands right now, he is on the top at 74 out of 96 games successfully chosen compared to my 69 from 96. So with the final series looming, we may have to go to a two-point draw system come finals time uh, for me to try and catch up. So we will keep you updated. But in news from around the, around the world uh, in the Super League, James Gavitt from the Huddersfield Giants uh, and Jackson Hastings from Wigan and, and Dean Riley from the Warrington have been banned for two weeks for COVID breaches. Yeah, um, so they've also had um, some, they've been fined, but the Super League have not announced how much those fines are. So um, a bit similar to what we saw a few weeks ago here. Unfortunate that um, they're doing it, especially with how bad COVID is over there. And as Simon's put um, in a comment here, um, Wigan and Catalan Dragons matches have actually been postponed due to Catalan players testing positive for COVID. And um, Wigan's going to play the Tigers instead. So it shows how bad it is over there. So the fact that they're doing these breaches, um, it's not good. Um, no, absolutely. Um, and it's, then, it's, um, yeah, not good at all. No, obviously, like um, that part of the world has suffered uh, quite immensely. Uh, and, uh, you know, the situation, like you say, it's much more worse than what we have over here. So, yeah, they definitely shouldn't be. I mean, there shouldn't be any breaches anyway. There shouldn't be any breaches back home here. You know, you've got players hugging, hugging members of the crowd after the game, going to bike gangs and pizza parlours and barbershops and you name it. So it's just, um, it's unthinkable, really. But anyway, that's um, yeah. what's been going on. But another bizarre news from the United Kingdom. Uh, yeah. One of their major sponsors, John Papa's Pizza. Uh, they yeah. were mocked. And, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so um, Super League's got a new sponsorship deal with Papa John's, which is a pizza pizza branch, and um, they've been made fun of for it due to the fact that they get no money from the sponsorship deal. So Papa John's gets um, billboarding advertising at all the games, and they are providing a couple of pizzas for the teams after the, after the game. So um, it's, it's good to see Super League's become kind of like a first 15 competition where the team gets together and has a meal together afterwards. Um, so, yeah, not a good look when uh, the Super League's desperate for sponsorship money to keep them afloat in such a turbulent time. No, Just it seems very bizarre. The New Zealand Sports Radio would be accepting of such form of, uh, <laughs> of sponsorship if, uh, yeah, Papa John's or any other pizza joint such as Sal's who do the uh, NZNBL here in New Zealand or Hell's Pizza, hey, boys, we'd love a feed. So do, <laughs> do, do think of us. Yeah. Absolutely. And that brings right. us to the conclusion of our show. We don't have any news to update you with in the women's game this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep you updated in regards to that. Um, but hey, it's uh, we're 13 weeks into season one now, and we're five rounds left in the competition. It's coming to the exciting end of the regular season. And I think every week in from here, we'll throw some interesting facts and stats at us. Brad, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, people can also catch us IRL podcast so tune in to new zealand sport radio and the standoff with brad and sanj good evening ladies and gentlemen just evening, before guys. we go though a big thank you to jordan who has uh, given us ten dollars in oh. the um super chat there over on youtube look folks we are an independent 
um, media station. Uh, we do this all because um, because we love doing it, uh, and uh, we would your support is much appreciated. Um, be it financial, as uh, Jordan's done there, you can also um, support us through our Patreon page uh, as well. Just search for New uh, NZ Sport. Oh, Patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Uh, or um, or just sharing as well, guys. Just sharing it out and increasing increasing our viewership um, is uh, much appreciated. So thank you everybody for your support and for watching New Zealand Sports Radio. Yeah, and thanks, Jordan, for the um, sponsorship there. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, guys. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.